Morning, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, we are regrouping and reconvening, reconvening over here, and getting back after a smashing, successful Shavuos. Um, and uh, Baruch Hashem, everyone had an amazing, productive Shavuos over here, and we now embark on on, on uh, what lies beyond Shavuos. We know that Shavuos, what we put into Shavuos, we get out of Shavuos. Shavuos. It's um, Paskind and Shemaim on every year what their chalik is going to be like in Torah for that entire year from Shavuos to Shavuos. So everyone had an amazing Shavuos, a starker Shavuos. Mir Hashem will have a year of productivity, of growth, of learning, of achievements in Torah. And let's put that to use right now as we, on this beautiful, lovely Tuesday morning, Isruchag Shavuos, we get back together to continue Der Hashem and we are embarking in a brand new section of Der Hashem. Right before Shavuos, we... Finished the second section out of four. Now we are about to begin the third section out of four. Chelik Shlishi. So here we go. We're going to start this all together now with Siat Deshmaya. New, new, new um, section, new beginning, turning over a new leaf in our lives and capitalizing on all the energy, all the growth of uh, such a powerful Shuas. So let's see how he entitles. We know there's four sections to the Sefer. And Chelik Shlishi, the Ramchal says, this is the Ramchal's own Lashon B'Navua. On the topic of prophecy. So he's telling us the third section is going to be about prophecy, Nevoah. And that seems interesting uh, and definitely needs to be addressed before we even begin the, uh, the, the parak properly, before we begin to learn up the, the discussion over here. We need to discuss the, you know, the choice of topics over here and the structure of the Sefer. Till now, we've seen that Der Hashem is a highly structured Sefer. And it's all about Derech Hashem. It's all about understanding everything in the universe from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's perspective, starting from the basics and building up step by step, brick by brick, layer by layer, um, to, to have a mahalach, have an approach and understanding what, what life is all about. It's not a safer where he takes, you know, distinct ideas and specific concepts and says, okay, now let's talk about what the happening is all about. Now let's talk about Yamtiv. Now let's talk about the Sukkah. Now let's talk about matonas le'avyonim. Now let's talk about eating cheesecake. It's not this kind. That's not what what Der Hashem is about. Der Hashem is is, is what we call a safer with mahalach, a safer with an approach, a safer that gives us a whole journey and a whole approach through understanding everything in creation, but in a structured, methodical way, in really seeing how everything is a result of the nature of God Himself. That's where the safer began, and everything till this point in time has been. A, a just a direct product of that. So when we have a third section over here on the topic of prophecy, that seems to be breaking with the the uh, nature of the sefer and, and the character of the sefer. Prophecy is a specific concept. Navua, you know, is a big thing, a big 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 idea in, in Yiddishkeit. But it would seem to be the Ramchal is now kind of switching switching up the game over here and, and changing gears, shifting things a little bit. Now he wants to talk about specifics. Now he's going to talk about prophecy. That can't be the case because otherwise it would be a new safer. The Ramchal doesn't have to, you know, stuff everything into one safer into Der Hashem. If he's reached the end of his objective in Der Hashem, he would conclude the safer and then he would have. Ramchal is not reluctant to, 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 uh, write more svarm to give us more kontrasim. Ramchal was a very prolific mechaber. authored dozens and dozens and dozens of works. He doesn't need to throw everything into Der Hashem. So it would seem that this third section would have to fit into the theme of the greatest haven, it would have to be 
you know, an extension of this journey, this mahalach, um, and not just a specific approach. So this is uh, where we have to begin the third section, is understanding how this fits into the rest of the Sefer, and why the Ramchal seems to dedicate and devote an entire section, one out of four of the sections of the Sefer, to what seems to be a specific topic, which does seem to be out of line with the theme of what Der Hashem has been about so far. So, to address that and, and use that as the point of introduction to the third section and really to give us a little bit of a perspective in Chayla Gimel and, and uh, you know, give us some, some, some uh, guidelines over here, a guide, a guide in moving through this. We have to zoom back out again and, and re-appreciate, re-understand the structure of the entire Sefer, indeed. Um, and let's remind ourselves of what Chelek Av was about and Chelek Beis was about. Chelek Av and Chelek Beis were two very basic building block sections of the Sefer in putting together the Ramchal's approach to everything. And the Chelek Aleph was on the topic of understanding the point of the Bria, the point of the universe, the point of creation, and how it achieves that point. What the goal is, why Hashem made a, a, a Bria, and that means what the goal, the objective, the purpose of the Bria is, and how it's built in a way that it, that, 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 um, it can achieve that goal. That was Chelek Aleph. And again, as we saw, everything stems naturally from an understanding of what Hashem is and what Hashem is all about, what Hashem does. That's why this is Derech Hashem, understanding the entire Bria from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's perspective. But the first section was, 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 was dealing with the, you know, the, the, the riddle of the cosmos itself. Why is the universe here? What's the goal? What's the point of all this? And how is it systemized in a way that it achieves that goal? That was Chelek Aleph. Oilam Hazeh, Oilam Haba, the Oilam of Schar, the Oilam of Avoida, the Oilam of Avoida, the Oilam of Schar, and, and how the books are bound and how one transitions from one to the next. Etc. That, that was Chelek Aleph. So Chelek Aleph is basically defining and understanding the system of the universe. Chelek Beis was, now that the system of the universe is in place, okay, how does Baruch Hu run that system? The system wasn't wound up to run on its own. The Chelek Beis was on the topic of Hashgacha, Hashem's Hashgacha. Chelek Aleph had been concluded. We know what the universe is, we know what it's all about, we know how it runs, and we know what its objective is. Chelek Beis is how the Yibayin maintains a personal involvement in that system. It's run, it's governed, it's maintained, and it's directed by Hashem Himself. That's Chelek Beis. So those two ideas, those two sections, work very naturally with one another hand in hand. And go hand in hand. This is the universe, this is what it's called, this is how it systemizes, how it works. And this is, moving a step forward, how Hashem runs it. That's in a nutshell, Chelek Aleph and Chelek Beis. Chelek Imbol is the Ramchal taking all that one step further. Here's the universe down here. Chelek Beis. Here's HaKadosh Baruch up there keeping tabs on the system. Keeping tabs on the system. Chelek Imbol is, don't think though, that once... Chelek Aleph and Chelek Beis have been separated out. We have the universe down here. We're, we're down here. And we saw in Chelek Aleph how it systemized the Kaychus and the Malachim 
and there's so many levels in between of, of um, angels and forces and spiritual agents that are running and governing things. And we do see in the Chelek Beis that Hashem is Mashkiach, Hashem keeps tabs, Hashem monitors, Hashem has his finger on the pulse. But all we saw so far was that is happening above. Uh, Hashem is maintaining the system from above. And Hashem sometimes will give more power to some malachim, less power to other malachim. Hashem will make a nice nister, hidden miracles. Hashem will make a nice nigla, open miracles. But that's still Hashem sort of observing from the control tower. If we're done with Chelek Beis, we have us down here, we have Hashem up there in the control tower. And how does Hashem maintain and run the system through Ashkacha through guiding things from up in the, in the control tower? That, the, the Malachim up there, Hashem sees what has to be Eiskafir down here, what has to be Eitzel down here, so Hashem will, you know, issue commands up there in the control tower. That's where we're holding when we conclude Chelek Beis. We're down here on the runway, Hashem is up there in the control tower, and yes, Hashem is monitoring everything and is aware of everything and keeping tabs on everything, interested in everything, and guiding everything but up from up in the control tower. Comes Chela Gimel to say there is a concept within the Bria, lest we think that this is the bottom line over here, the the tarmac control tower model, the model of the Bria down here, Akash Baruch up there, and yes, Hashem is certainly keeping tabs, but from a removed perspective, Chela Gimel comes to tell us that in Hashem's will of creating the, the universe, and going into being involved in the universe and having a Ratzin for a Bria is to bridge that gap. And HaKosh Baruch Hu will also personally be involved with the world. Directly. Directly. Not just personally. Personally is the wrong word because personally is already... That's, that's, that's the, you can be in the control tower and be involved personally. That's Chelek Beis. That's Hashkacha. Not only Hashem is personally involved in the world, Hashem will also be directly involved in the world. The world wasn't created to be two different opposites, two different extremes, with Hashem being personally involved, but from a distance, no. Hashem will bridge that gap. There are times and places and occasions where HaKadosh Baruch Hu will bridge that gap, and that's vital part of the Derech Hashem, part of what goes into understanding of what makes Hashem Hashem, and what Hashem ultimately wants from the world, and how Hashem ultimately wants to be involved in the world. So it's not just an involvement of a, a, a removed control tower type of involvement. HaKadosh Baruch Hu reserves for himself the right to, in, in the right circumstances, in the right setup, and during the right events, and the right situations, to actually be directly involved over here. And that's essentially what Navua is. We'll see that as we journey through Chela Gimel. That's what Navua is. And... That's why Nevuah now comes as Chelek Gimel. So it's not the Ramchal moving on to now specific topics, because if it was specific topics, then we can have a brand new Savior for that. We don't need to throw that into their Hashem. It's not a specific topic at all. It's the next logical discussion that comes after Chelek Av and Chelek Beis, and it's sort of um, being there to address and answer up what would be otherwise a mistaken, false conclusion if we would stop the Savior over here. And that false conclusion would be that Hashem monitors and governs everything via Hashgacha, but from a removed perspective. There's no direct involvement. No direct involvement. Comes Nevu to say, no, there's direct involvement. This is a concept, by the way, that, that other nations have denied. Famously, we're told, the, the Yavanim, the Greeks, disbelieved in this. 
this is one of the places where Chazal characterized the difference of opinion, the basic philosophical um, debates and differences of approach between the Greek um, way of thinking and the Jewish way of thinking is the Greeks denied that there was such a concept that HaKadosh Baruch Hu would be directly involved down here. If there's a world down here, maybe there's layers and layers and layers and levels and levels and levels and levels of spiritual reality between here and the Kisei HaKavad. HaKadosh Baruch is not directly involved. Too, too, too much of a, a, a gap to be bridged. It's a gap that won't be bridged, can't be bridged, and HaKadosh Baruch is not interested in bridging it. So this is where Nevu comes in, is the third section of the Sefer, to again give more detail and more depth and dimensions and richness to understanding the Bria and how it works, and to follow up directly and logically from Chelek Af and Chelek Beis put together and say that Hashem most certainly is not limiting himself to the cockpit model, to the, I'm sorry, to the control tower model, Rebbe will be directly involved, and that is what we will see, the concept of Nevuah. Prophecy is essentially Hashem being directly involved down here. So that being said, that's the introduction to Chele Gimel. Let us now begin. Perik Aleph. The first Perik, on the topic of the soul and the activities of the soul. The soul and the, the um, abilities and properties of the soul. Hine, says the Ramchal. We've explained already in the first section of the Sefer in the third Perik. Man has a property that no other being in creation has. It's something that man has and nothing else in creation has. That is fusion. Man is a compound, composite sub, uh, a creation that possesses fusion. Man has within him two different opposite, opposite existences that are separate, opposite, and never shall the twain meet, almost. The two opposite type of existences that are diametrically opposed to one another. They're contradictions, contradictory existences. And man is unique in this. Okay, let's, let's follow this. Step by step, some, some amazing, powerful ideas are going to emerge over here. We learn this properly. Man has two different contradictory types of, of, um, of, um, existences. Dehainu. That's the body and the soul. They're opposites. The body and soul are opposites. Mm-hmm. On the one hand, man has a soul. Nefesh is a soul. What's a nefesh? A soul. Man has a soul like all other creations have. Like everything has. Everyone hear that dog barking there in the distance? Oh. Oh, let's see, let's see, let's see. So Ramchal just said, we have a nefesh, like all animals have a nefesh. He's referring to everything, kangaroos, centipedes, cockroaches. So they have the same as the animals? One step at a time, one step at a time. One step at a time, oh, very good. 
Right. We have a nefesh like all animals have a nefesh. And by the way, that the fact that we're hearing the dog still barking means that the animal still, you guys aren't davening hard enough. I'm not davening hard enough. Maybe he's down. What? We tried everything. I tried being Michael. No, and he barks, maybe he's down. The dog. He's davening harder than we are. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, he would try to pacify him and give him his food. Yeah. He does. He just, he's just an angry dog. He's angry, antisocial. Antisocial is an understatement. This dog like just hates hates humanity. He's seen me for like a <laughs> I, whole I, year I now. Wonder, I, I wonder who he was in the previous life. Yeah, <laughs> hates humanity. Um, and let's see. Um, so so getting back to the Ramchal, man has a soul, a nefesh, like all animals have a soul. What does this soul serve? What is this soul? What's the purpose of this soul? It gives person hargasha, sensory perception, and intelligence, gives a person sensory perception, intelligence, as is befitting appropriate for his nature. Zeramchal is saying, you know, huge ideas over here. He's saying that all living animals have a soul, and the function of that soul is to give the ability to perceive one's environment, the senses, sensory perception that comes from the nefesh. Basic intelligence comes from the nefesh, and he's saying intelligence is a function of the nature of that creation, meaning different types of animals will have different types of nefashas Dependent on how they are built, what their nature is, they'll have. Some will have more intelligence. Some will have less intelligence. Some will have more abilities to to have a greater awareness, understanding of their environment. Some will have less. Some will have less. Dogs, speaking of dogs, on top of dogs, clearly have a higher level of haschala than something like a, like a caterpillar, right? A dog can pick up on the emotions of its owner. If you're angry at it, or if you're happy with it, if you're trying to make friends with it, well, some dogs apparently can't try to can't pick up on the fact. That but you're trying when to, was the last time anybody could try to influence a caterpillar or show? Exactly. Animal, you you talk nicely to a caterpillar, you scream yeah. at a caterpillar, you get the same reaction. At an ant, at a beetle, you'll get the same reaction. They don't really some, care. They don't really care. Some researchers showed this even about the water. If you play, uh, play music, different type of music, different type of emotions, plants, plants, uh, yeah, water, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's been if, fascinating if, experiments if, that have been done. The animals will bond more. crystallized yeah. in a different way. Yeah, yeah. Those are very interesting things. We have to know what to do with that. But uh, the Ramchal is telling us a very, a very uh, basic insight over here that the nefesh of each animal gives it a level of intelligence, a rudimentary level of intelligence, which has to do with. That animal's own nature, you know, the more complex, it gets more of a complex uh, nefesh, awareness, perception of its environment. The less complex it is, it has less of a, you know, haschal, less, less intelligence, less, intelligence the wrong word, less of an awareness and understanding of its environment. Okay, but they do have a nefesh, everything has a nefesh. V'inyin ha-nefesh ha-zois, v'chol dak this nefesh, that all Animals have in common, they have different levels of it, different types of a nefesh, but it's, it's, it's one 
basic nefesh that they all share, they all have in common, is a metzius echod adak ma'od. Is a, a, um, in existence, a, something that's been created, a substance, dak ma'od, very subtle. Something very subtle, something very, um, imperceptible. Nimshach ubab desoy chazera acharei hikoltoi, which is inserted into the, the, um, the fertilized cell, the, the beginnings, the origins of this animal, as soon as there is, has been conceived, whether, whether, if it comes from an egg, as soon as the egg has been laid, if it's coming from a fertilized egg cell, as soon as it's been fertilized, fertilization, conception, this nefesh is inserted, something, something that's very dak, something that's very insubstantial, imperceptible, and that is attached to the creature's, the animal's existence as soon as it is brought into existence, and it develops as the animal develops. And in that nefesh, in that soul, is found the source and the origin, and, and, and the, that is the seat of, again, awareness, perception, sensory um, abilities that, 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 that um, are, are particular to this animal are all there to be found in the nefesh. So let's digest that. The Ramchal just said actually very solid fundamental ideas which we have to arm ourselves with this. And, you know, people explore these questions and they explore these um, conundrums and they end up, you know, with confusion. But here the Ramchal is giving us some solidity in a very, some very basic Jewish concepts. If we, you know, learn this properly and carefully, we'll see the Ramchal is actually granting and gifting us some some clarity, real solid clarity in, in, in some of the basics. The Rav Chal told us that everything in existence has a nefesh, has a soul. And it's clear, anything that's alive has a soul from the microbes, microorganisms to the blue whale. From the smallest to the biggest, the biggest to the smallest and everything in between. If it's alive, if it has an interaction with its environment, if it has sensory aware, sensory perception, it has awareness, it reacts to its environment, it has a nefesh. We're talking about the, <coughs> talking about the plants too? No. They, they, they have all these qualities. It seems that they have plants. that, yes. Plants have to be discussed separately. But right now the Ramchal is only talking about animals, animal life, not plant life. Yeah, very good point. And the plants will have to be discussed separately. But the Ramchal is saying every, all types of animal life um, have a nefesh. And that nefesh is what gives intelligence, is what gives perception and, and, and the senses and, and, and all that. And a man is also in possession of that nefesh. A man has that nefesh also, that soul. So let me ask a question before we go on. This soul, this soul, the Ramchal is telling us that everything that is in existence, everything that's alive has, for man, all the way down through the, you know, the, the system of um, creation... The um, pecking order of uh, the the um, what do they call that again? What's that scientific way of categorizing, classifying all animals? Not the food chain. Stratus. No, Linnaeus. No. One is Linnaeus. One is Stratus. One is. What the one they use nowadays with the two Latin words? Isn't that Linnaeus? Okay, whatever, whatever it is. We'll we'll check later. We'll check later. So. Uh, from the top down to the bottom of the of the uh, global 
global pecking order, everything has a soul. And that soul is like inserted into the animal right after conception, right after fertilization. Right after the cell splits into two, if it's uh, that's how it works. This soul that we're talking about, is it something physical or something spiritual? This soul that everything creation has. This is nefesh. Is it something that's physical, tangible, or is it something spiritual? It would seem that it's something spiritual, right? Because a soul, how can a soul not be spiritual? How can a nefesh not be spiritual? A nefesh has to be spiritual, right? And people ask this question, does a dog have a, a piece of ruchnius? Does a cockroach have something spiritual? Does a, a, a uh, cat, a squirrel, a monkey, they have something ruchni? So, if you say that this basic nefesh is spiritual, yeah, yes, we're saying every animal has a spark of something ruchnius to it. But we look at the Ramchal very carefully, no, he, this nefesh is not spiritual, it's physical. Isn't the man also physical? What? No. The people, well, I mean, I'm thinking, Either it's a nisham, nisham, no, nisham, a soul. Uh, so we're going to have to see, we start with the nefesh. No, 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 we're talking about the soul. So we're going to see, we start with this nefesh, but we're going to have something above the nefesh also. We. This nefesh, we look at the Ramchal very carefully. This nefesh is physical, not spiritual. And how do you see that? Let, let's bring proof to that. There's two, we have two proofs here in the Ramchal that the nefesh that all animals have in common is physical, not spiritual. The first proof is, he tells us, it's, it has, it's, 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 um, it's, uh, black and white. We just read it, that this, this soul has to be a physical soul. Because he told us, in the beginning, start off by saying that man is unique from all the other animals that man has two opposites. Man has two opposite things, the spiritual and the physical. And then he goes on to say that all animals, every animal in existence has a nefesh. So then how are we unique? If this nefesh is spiritual, that means everything has spiritual and physical fused together. So what's man's unique role? El my, this soul is a physical one, not a spiritual one. The, the, it's a type of physicality. And, and, and that's one proof. And there's another proof as well. Look, look how he said it. nefesh it's a type of existence which is imperceptible. Dak ma'oid, very subtle, very, very imperceptible, but it's a metzius echad dak ma'oid. What does he mean with that? Metzius echad dak ma'oid. It's a, it's a funny line, a very cryptic line. What is that supposed to mean? Metzius echad dak ma'oid. It's a type of existence which is very subtle, very, um, um, Imperceptible. What, what what does that mean? It means it's physical. Again, it's physical, but you're not going to be able to see it under a microscope. That's what the Ramchal is saying. This nefesh is definitely something that exists within the realm of Gashmis. It's a physical type of essence. It's a physical type of creation. It's a physical substance, but it's dak ma'oid. Dak ma'oid means you can't pick up on it. You can't perceive it. It's something in the blood. It's well, very good. We're going to see it. It's, it's connected to blood. It's fused into the blood. It's inserted into the blood. It's, it's, it, that's where it hangs out, but you're not going to be able to see it. Now, again, if he's talking about something ruchni or something spiritual, all spiritual is imperceptible. 
we, we, that's been long established in the Sefer. We can't see anything that's spiritual. If you think you're seeing things that are spiritual, again, consult see your physician, see your doctor, ASAP, get yourself to an emergency room. If you're seeing, get yourself to a rehab center. If you think that you're seeing uh, spirituality, right? Can't see, can't perceive spirituality. All spirituality is imperceptible. So Ezra Hamchamin, he says this nefesh is metzius echadak ma'id. What he's saying is that this nefesh is really physical. The nefesh that gives intelligence, basic rudimentary intelligence, sensory perception, and the nefesh that's there, that's common to all animal life, including man, this nefesh is physical. It's gashmius. Uh, it's an amazing idea, mind-blowing idea, but we just brought two proofs from the Ramchal that this is what the nefesh is all about. The nefesh is composed, is, is, is in its essence, the lower nefesh is, is, is not ruchni, it's gashmi. Now you're not going to see it. You're not going to be able to take the um, cell apart, the DNA apart, and see where that nefesh is. You're never going to see it in a laboratory. You're not going to see it under a microscope. It's too dak. That's what he means. Dak ma'oid. Too what, subtle, what, too imperceptible, but it's there. We don't have instruments that are capable of seeing it, but it's, but it's physical. But the is imperceptible. Yeah, the is imperceptible. So it cannot be traced. It doesn't matter how extensive the, and how perfect the measuring tools are. It just cannot be viewed on principle. That's right. So, but isn't they a definite, it goes against mm, the definition of being physical? Physical that you can see something either directly or by, by um, seeing the, the results. For example, you cannot see the x-rays, but you, you can see the result. What yeah, so here we see the results of the nefesh. Sure, we know the result. We see the results of the nefesh. What, what are they? You just told us. Awareness of one's environment, sensory perception. Okay. So we, the, 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 that's, that's, that's the very south. Of, of the nefesh. Of, of acting, nefesh is acting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but the nefesh itself you're never going to be able to see. And you're right, for something to be physical, you don't have to necessarily see it, but you do have to see its results. Yeah. An electron, yeah. you can't know I where mean, it you, is. You can see it with the microscope strong enough, you can see that. What you can't see, what you're really seeing is its results. You can't really see subatomic particles. Right. The moment you measure it, you knock it out of its orbit. Well, also there's the uncertainty principle, the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. Yeah. You can never really see it. You can't really know where it is. And Either or. That's right. But you see its effects. You turn on a light switch, you see the effects of photons, of electrons, of, of uh, so subatomic in, in, particles. In this, in this case, it's very similar because we don't see a great deal of the physical world, yet we see the results. That's right. The, the realm of subatomic particles is a beautiful muscle to understanding the nefesh. Okay. That's why Kodesh Baruch gave us that discovery in the last century to help us understand matters like this, that you can have something which is metzius dakma'id. There could be something that's physical, even though you can't perceive it, it's not a stira. And that's why we've had all these breakthroughs in science the last uh, century plus is to give us a, you know, a, a perspective, a framework to help us understand these things. But that's, again, it's clear. We have to, so one thing we're going to take away from today's shir, it's that the, the, the nefesh, there is a soul that is physical. But why do you always say man, man, man? Just human, what about the woman? I'm not saying Mankind. Mankind. Whoa, 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 whoa. Red Maisha Brill, you're not from this camp over here. Why? Man meaning human. Not in a... You're a kabat. You're not one of them, are you? You're one of us. People come. No, I don't understand you. Why are you saying man, man, but... What do you want? Human being. Human, I just easy to say man. Human is two syllables. Human is two syllables. Man is one syllable. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay, here we go. Um, yeah. And the Ramchal said, this nefesh, this nefesh which gives, again, awareness, basic um, ability to interact with an environment, sensory perception, which all animals have to different degrees based on the nature and the characteristics, the properties of that animal, is inserted, the Ramchal said, at the, at the moment of creation. Um, okay, that's a whole other discussion. I thought we were going to wrap up the first uh, parak today, but we also did the Hagdama, the intro to the third section. So, you know what, we'll hang, leave things hanging at this point. We'll, we'll continue tomorrow, because I want to talk about that idea that the Ramchal said that this nefesh is inserted. Inserted. It's like put in. Interesting Lushan. That, that makes it sound like it's spiritual, right? That would throw us off. It's being like kind of put in there, it's fused in there. It sounds like it's not a natural product of the physical world. It sounds like it is spiritual. But we just brought two proofs in the Ramchal that it is it's physical and not spiritual. So we'll continue with this tomorrow. This idea of it being, you know, introduced into the person, or the the man, or the armadillo after its conception. We'll we'll continue with that tomorrow.